Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be uh, the readings for Tuesday of the third week of Advent. Tuesday, the third week of Advent. Um, So let's start. um, Entrance Antiphon from Zechariah chapter 14, verse 5 and 7. Behold, the Lord will come and all his holy ones with him. And on that day, there will be a great light. Behold, the Lord will come and all his holy ones with him. On that day, there will be a great light. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me and for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on all of us and bring us all to salvation and save us from all our sins. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. O God, who through your only begotten Son have made us a new creation, Look kindly, we pray, on the handiwork of your mercy and at your Son's coming. Cleanse us from every stain of the old way of life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. While um, I was praying uh, the introduction prayer before we begin our readings, the passage from Zechariah chapter 14, 5 and 7. Behold, the Lord will come and all his holy ones with him. And on that day, there will be a great light. Re- uh, remember what our Lord said on the Sermon on the Mountain. Okay, you are the light of the world, a city on a hilltop. Um, let your light shine so that all may give praise to your heavenly Father. But Jesus also says in John's gospel, I am the light of the world. He who follows me does not walk in darkness or stumble. Well, in this case, we who are members of Christ's body, we who partake of his body and blood, we are sent out at the, you know, the end of mass, go out, you know, Go forth, the Mass is ended, go forth and praise, give praise to the Lord and, you know, we're sent out. Like the apostles, like them, we go out and we become light, the light of Christ to others. We become the path that others can find their way to the gospel by our lives, by our actions, how we live because we have to do that and we should know our faith the only way we can do that we have to we have to share our faith with others right isn't that isn't that the whole point okay like it says here oh god who through your only begotten son have made us a new creation 
Look kindly, we pray, on the handiwork of your mercy and at your Son's coming. Cleanse us from every stain of the old way of life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. This is what we have to do. We, we have to make sure that we're not hypocrites. We don't just talk to talk and pretend to be Christian. No, we We have to make sure that we do this. We have to be clean. We have to be prepared. We have to be, our conscience has to be clean. And we have to be prepared to confess our sins and to be an example of others. You know, um, the old Jewish way of thinking, the rabbis, they expect their their students to watch them carefully. The student has to watch his rabbi carefully, meaning he has to watch how he behaves, how he talks, how he moves, how he sits, how he ties his sandals, how he puts on his clothes, how he washes himself, um, you know, walks and how his style of speech, his mannerisms, his gestures. sounds pretty extreme, right? But that's exactly what it's supposed to be. And the students would pick out the rabbis. That was different. No. In this case, Jesus picked them. And then he requests his students to act on his words. Notice the word of Paul. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Make sure you have the mind of Christ. That's the way we're supposed to behave. Okay, let's uh, let's begin the readings. Okay, so this is a reading from the book of the prophet Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 1 to 2 and 9 to 13. Mess- messianic salvation promised to all of the poor. A reading from the book of the prophet Zephaniah. Thus says the Lord, Woe to the city, rebellious and polluted, to the tyrannical city. She hears no voice, accepts no correction. In the Lord she has not trusted. To her God she has not drawn near. For then I will change and purify the lips of the peoples, that they all may call upon the name of the Lord, and to serve him with one accord. From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia and as far as the recesses of the north, they shall bring me offerings. On that day, you need not be ashamed of all your deeds, your rebellious actions against me. For then I will remove from your midst the proud braggarts, and you shall no longer exalt yourself on my holy mountain, but I will have as a remnant in your midst, a people humble and lowly, who shall take refuge in the name of the Lord, the remnant of Israel. They shall do no wrong and speak no lies, nor shall there be found in their mouths a deceitful tongue. They shall pasture and couch uh, and coach their flocks, but none 
to dist uh, with none to disturb them. All right, let me read that last passage a little bit more. I kind of messed up a little bit. Hold on. I will leave. I will leave as a remnant in your midst, a people humble and lowly, who shall take refuge in the name of the Lord, the remnant of Israel. They shall do no wrong and speak no lies, nor shall there be found in, in their mouths a deceitful tongue. They shall, be, they shall pasture and coach their flocks with none to disturb them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Psalm 34. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. Look to him that you may be radiant with joy and your faces may not blush with shame. When the poor one called out, the Lord heard, and from all his distress he saved him. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord confronts the evildoers to destroy remembrance of them from the earth. When they, the just cry out, the Lord hears them, and from all their distress he rescued them. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit. He saves. The Lord redeems the lives of his servants. No one incurs guilt who takes refuge in him. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. So, um, in the scene in the uh, with um, Zephaniah, the the. The first part here, thus says the Lord, woe to the city rebellious and polluted, to the tyrannical city, she hears no voice, accepts no correction, in the Lord she has not trusted, in her God she has not drawn near. So, we, we're getting a lot of, I mean, these days we're living in a time now where there's a lot of problems in a lot of different cities. I mean, you hear like what's happening in, in Los Angeles and San Francisco. You hear about the, the robberies, the crime rates. Here in New York, for crying out loud, the Dwayne Reed stores and the Rite Aid stores are all closing up because of the robberies and because uh, the officials, the, the politicians, the leaders They've adopted a very a hideous and, and, and criminal form of, of policies so they can stay in power. And then you hear uh, what's happening. I mean, there's this uh, public school teacher in Chicago, Project Veritas exposed him. Uh, he spoke to people literally pretty much with not coaxed, not tricked. He, you know, obviously they caught him and he spoke honestly. They brought in, he brought in some organization, uh, an LGBTQ organization to come in and introduce the kids to sex toys. Literally to sex toys. To, 
to these, you know, to, forgive me, I don't mean to, uh, vibrators, dildos, um, butt plugs. They're grooming the kids. They're grooming the kids to, to perversion, to sexual perversion. And this is a terrible, terrible thing because many, many families now have not baptized their kids to the sacrament of baptism. They're not even, they have not, they have not done that. And so because that's a theory, uh, a belief because their kids are exposed, many of the parents are probably not baptized or even introduced to Christianity. Many, this, this, this thing is so despicable. Now, there's no shame. There's no shame, uh, no correction. The city rebellious and polluted to, you know, woe to the city rebellious and polluted to the tyrannical city uh, accepts no correction. Parents don't accept any correction. A city is an extension of families, neighborhoods, obviously communities. We've all heard that. It's an extension, a micro expansion of, 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 of the family, of husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, grandparents, children, families, cousins, you know, extended and then extended neighbors. All these things are an extension and yet it's almost like a cancer what's happening now. She hears no voice, accepts no correction. In the Lord, she has not trusted. To her God, she has not drawn near. Right? Families are not drawing near. For then I will change and purify the lips of the peoples, they all that they all may call upon the name of the Lord. Remember in Isaiah, when Isaiah was brought inside the temple, and he said, Woe to me, I am a man of unclean lips, living in among people who are unclean in their hearts. And then an angel, a cherub, came down, took with tongues a coal and, and touched them, touched them to the to the lips of Isaiah so that Isaiah may be purified because at least he admitted that he's unclean. He admitted in his own heart that he's unclean. Many people don't want to admit uh, to their sins, especially to perversion, to polluted, polluted behavior. All right. And then it goes on. They will call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. For beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, as far as the recesses of the north, they will, they shall bring me offerings. The coming of the gospel of Christ. On that day, you need not be ashamed of all your deeds, your rebellious actions against me. For then I will remove from your midst the proud braggarts, and you shall no longer exalt yourselves on my holy mountain. For I will... But I will ha I will leave a remnant in your midst, a people humble and lowly, who shall take refuge in the name of the Lord, a remnant of Israel. They shall do no wrong and speak no lies, nor shall there be found in their mouths a deceitful tongue. They shall pasture and coach their flocks with none to disturb them. This is speaking of the gospel. And remember, the gospel is an extension of Christ. He does it through his apostles 
and his apostles are and disciples are representatives of him. We have to imitate him. We have to care. To bring the gospel to anyone is basically to share it, to, to love your neighbor, to wish the best for somebody. But you can't share if you do not have it and you cannot, you have to have it and you have to have in your heart love of neighbor. And, you know, and, and we see this in the Psalm, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall ever be in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord and, and the lowly will hear and, and be glad because you have it. Others want it. The others will, those who are poor in spirit, those who are suffering, they will want what you have. You know, they will want what you have. They will want, they want to share, partake of this. It's important to them. It's important that this happens. Look, look to him that you may be radiant with joy and your faces may not blush with shame. When the poor one called out, the Lord heard from all his distress, he, he, he saved him. How will anyone, how will the poor know if we do not share the gospel? We have to share it so that they too will know and we may know. Or that we may know and that they may know. It's, it, goes, it goes either way. Sometimes even you can share the, the gospel can come to you from someone you least expect. A poor person who may even not know how to speak or write can share it. The Lord confronts the evildoers to destroy the remembrance of them from the earth. When the, when the just cry out, the Lord hears them. And from all their distress, he rescues them. Okay, let me continue. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Those who are crushed in spirit, he saves. The Lord redeems the lives of, the, of his servants. In, no one incurs guilt who takes refuge in him. It's important that we know the gospel. It's important that we learn how to share and we learn to take part. And we know we have to we have to live the gospel in order to share it. If we don't live it, we got nothing to share. If we don't have Christ in our hearts, we have nothing to share. If we if we ourselves don't know who Jesus is, how can we share him? How can we share it with with anybody? All right, let's move on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come uh come O Lord, do not delay. Forgive the sins of your people. And the reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew chapter 21, 28-32. John came and sinners believed in him. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priest and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in a vineyard today. The son said in reply, I will not. But afterwards, he changed his mind and went to the man. The man came and to the other son gave the same order. He said in reply, yes, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered the first. Jesus said to them, in, in, a, said to them amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God. Before you, when John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. 
Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. Okay. So here we have it. Why? Was it elitism? Was it conceit? Maybe no faith? Um, I mean, yes, you can get people who, who are stuck up, you know, and think themselves to be good Christians, think, them, think themselves to be decent, think themselves to be um, well-mannered, well-behaved, but it's more than that. It says a lot more going on here. We all know it. There's a lot more going on here. A lot more. It's power struggle. It's a power vacuum. You know, in a sense that they don't want to lose their influence and their position. The power they have is precious to them. And it becomes an idol. It becomes an idol. Idolatry doesn't necessarily have to be a statue of something. It can be something more abstract. It could be something else. It could be, you know, your position, politics, the the place you hold over people, the places you above them. You know, I mean, in, in the Catholic Church, we've had this problem of ministers who... Uh, priests and bishops who push their power on on seminarians and abuse them uh, over parishes uh, with people. Uh, parents can do the same thing over their children. A stepdad can do, can can do the same thing with his kids, and a, sexual abuse can begin that way. And some, and a lot of times you don't want to give up your sin. You love your sin too much. A Pope can do the same thing. We've had bad Popes and we know that we've survived them. The Pope is not the church, the Catholic church. The Bishop is not the Catholic church. The deacon is not the Catholic church. It's hard for people to do that. And sometimes with some lay Catholics, it's hard for them to go past that because it's psychological. The authority figure to them is too big for them to go to look past that. The same thing, the president of the United States is not America. He's not the U.S. government. The senators are not the U.S. government. The general is not the U.S. government. The colonel is not the U.S. government. It can go both ways. It can go in either way. But Christ is the church. The church is Christ. It's one and the same. And we, we are all members of him from the Pope down to the newest baby that's being born. Even those who are dead, all right, who passed away, we are members of Christ's body. We belong to him. He's the authority. And I think we need to remember that. And we need to remember that the most important thing is that we have to help those find their way to Christ. Even a Pope needs someone to witness to him. 
Even a bishop needs someone to witness to him. Even a priest needs someone to witness to him. A deacon needs also the same thing. We all have to witness to each other. We all have to bring, pray for each other and help those come to faith if it's possible. That's important, right? All right, so let's end it here.